check. Howdy. Good morning. Yours are still bigger than mine. Check. Okay, that's more comparable. Hi. Hello, Welcome. good morning. Oh, yeah, okay, so I gotta do this start. Welcome to Healing the City, or do you wanna do it? Wait, no, it's mine. Okay, go for it. Okay. Welcome to the. Ooh, that was really loud. <laughs> go for it. Okay. Welcome to Healing the City. This is Sue Seepin, and on today's episode, I will be interviewing Eric Seepin, my adorable husband. Today, we'll be talking about a form of journaling, kind of to continue the conversation from last time, that he often uses in his daily life and recommends to people. So I'll be asking him questions about Trinitarian prayer journaling. No, I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Good to see you, wife. Good to see you. How are you doing today, Eric Seepin? I'm feeling better, actually, than I did when I woke up this morning. Ooh, I'm so glad. Spending an hour and a half with you makes me feel good. It it was a lovely morning. It was. Having breakfast with you was the best. Mm -hmm. This is our day off. And uh, we like to podcast on our day off. We do. This is fun stuff. It is. You're a very cute podcaster. Well, thank you. Nobody can see that but me. Mm -hmm. And also with you. Yes. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about journaling. Yes. And you have a specific format that you like to use. Can you describe it for us? I can describe my journaling process. Uh I started this journaling process after I kind of developed the idea of Trinitarian prayer, which if you're a villager, you know about. If you're not a villager, you've probably never heard of. But the basic idea is it's a prayer process that mostly you do in community, but you can do it individually. Um, and it takes the individual parts of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and addresses them individually in a process. And so you begin by talking to the Father, um, and you do it in two ways. One, you um, begin to just thank him and praise him for what he's done, his creation, uh, what he's done in your life, um, just his character, you proclaim it. It's kind of the idea that he's your dad, and he's you know he can beat up every other dad. He's like the biggest, the best. But also then... The second part of that is you begin to ask him for what you need and what you want without any filter. So you're not saying, Mm -hmm. oh, I shouldn't ask for that. It's just understanding that you are a kid and that you don't have to worry about asking it the right way. Mm -hmm. The the father knows best and he will give you what you need. Mm -hmm. Um, And he has no problem with you asking for extravagant things or for things that may not fit into what um, the mission is or whatever that is. So, so you do that. And then the second part of it is that you, you kind of transition to this place of speaking to the son who both died for your sins and called you into the mission. And so you, you begin a process of confession, really of confessing your sin, um, kind of listing it out, laying it out before Jesus, and then beginning to ask what Jesus is doing in different aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. Like at home, at your church, where you work, in the world, with individuals that you're engaged with, with your kids. Um, and so you, you're really just saying things like, well, Jesus, I, I'm struggling with 
these aspects of my kids. What are you doing? How do I join you in what you're doing? Would you show me how to be uh, you in their life? And so you're kind of saying that over and over again, really in different places that you want God or Jesus to show you. And then you kind of transition out of that into the Holy Spirit where you were, what you say is, you know, Holy Spirit, you have been praying with me as I have been praying and you know the heart of God. And so I'm going to be quiet and listen. And so you begin to just quiet your heart and then you just write down on a piece of paper every single thing that you hear, even if it's not something that you think is from the Spirit of God. You just let your brain kind of dump out onto the page. And by here, you what mean... What you hear inside your head. Mm-hmm. What, what the narrator is telling you as you listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're listening, you know, for things that fit into the character of God and who he is. But also you're just trying to get all your thoughts out on the paper. So okay. you might kind of... some people And people do it different ways. I sometimes write down a bunch of questions that I have and that I've asked through, you know, to Jesus and to the Father, and then I just write things down, or I just begin to journal. I actually, it's a kind of an awkward thing, but I'll write Eric, mm-hmm. and then I begin to, like, as if the Spirit is addressing me, and then I mm-hmm. just kind of stream of consciousness it out, and I don't say, oh, this is everything from the Holy Spirit. I just look through it, and I begin to think, oh, that, that does line up, or sometimes I'll hear a passage of Scripture. And, and a lot of times, we're doing it in community most of the time, this kind of prayer. So then you read those out loud. Mm-hmm. And what you find is that the Spirit of God has been talking to all of us and saying the almost the exact same thing, usually. So there's kind of a resonance of repetition yes. of a concept that comes yeah. up. And a lot of times, it's you use this prayer model when there's a big question mm-hmm. that the whole community is asking. Um, and so there's there's some elements of that there. Can you describe how the reading of scripture might fit into this? Um, yeah. So, or if it does. Well, I think it does. Uh, and that I tend to, when I do it in with a group of people, it's helpful to have a passage of scripture that focuses either on the character of God mm-hmm. himself or focuses on a certain aspect of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or... Maybe if you look at the letters of like Romans lays out what the spirit does or in John, the gospel of John, Mm -hmm. um, so that you have some real sense of uh, what, what God is like and what he's doing in your life. So you have kind of a framework that you're beginning with as you're praying. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, those are how you do it. Now I, but this whole point is to talk about journaling and how I do this. So when I came up with the process of Trinitarian prayer it was because that's how i started to journal okay and um and so what i do almost i'd say i do this about once a week on average Mm -hmm. is that i will go try to find a place um that is the same place uh maybe for me i do best when i'm around people so i'll go to a coffee shop because then that's very distracting like Mm -hmm. not distract it it actually removes the distraction when there's distraction for me. So when there's like a lot of people just bustling around, I can kind of hyper focus and lose myself. Yeah. Whereas when everything's quiet, I begin to look around and see all the things that need to get done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's usually not at the house. I don't do very well at the house for this process, but wherever it is for you that you find a place where you can focus, I just sit down and I begin to write out 
a couple sometimes it's about a page to just the father and i talk about what i'm thankful for that week i talk about just i try to build out of my own memory or out of scripture like structures of who the father is thanking him for his creative power thanking him for his kindness thanking him for his mercy the way he's demonstrated those things mm-hmm. and then i just begin to sort of and I, I think my son who's talkative has been a more of a model for this than anything in his relationship with me mm-hmm. is that he just tells me everything and so just having a free flow of not just hey i want this or i want that it's just like here's what i think about this and here's what i think about that and i'm upset about this and i really mm-hmm. want this to happen and it's not happening and i just lay it out very yeah. like I, this is a safe space the father won't judge me mm-hmm. he understands me and knows me and i can just pour this all out at his feet and so that's a really kind of relieving experience it, um to just have somebody who's safe mm-hmm. and so i journal all that out and then i get to you know when i feel like i'm done with that i move to jesus and i really just begin to confess my sin that's the very first thing i i thank jesus for dying on the cross for my sin for raising from the dead and I, and I, I try to do that, try to frame it and write it differently each time in a way of just kind of helping myself remember the gospel. And then I just start saying, you know, God, here's where I wasn't really kind to my son. I wasn't here. I was really, you know, insensitive to my wife. Here I'm like, are some weaknesses. Like these things are the things that I just keep stumbling over. And I try to name them and I try to be as clear and about them so not just saying oh i get angry a lot but i was you know yesterday angry at you know my daughter because she was doing this and i you know just kind of Mm -hmm. and this was wrong and i I need your forgiveness for this and so that there's a clear sense of me knowing what my brokenness is in the specifics yeah in the specifics of life and then and and then i just thank jesus for forgiving me and for giving me life and giving me the access to him and and then I begin to just say, so what are you doing mm-hmm. in my daughter's life? What are you doing at church? What are you doing in this particular person's life? How, how can I join you instead of me trying to figure it out? Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like sometimes what happens is that the conversation with the father is me trying to figure it all out, dump it out there, wanting to know, and then there's a surrender. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's because Jesus, you know, the father sent Jesus, and then Jesus sent the Holy Spirit and together the Trinity sends us and but Jesus is the leader of the mission. He's mm-hmm. the one who came, structured it for us, sent us on it, told us he'd be with us. Yeah. So asking him what he's doing missionally, what where he's at in his each space is important because we're following him, not our own lead. So mm-hmm. this so then then after that I just write Holy Spirit, you've heard everything I've seen and heard everything I've written. I'm just going to listen to you. And I really do take a minute or two and I just take a deep breath and then I write Eric and I just begin Mm. to write out what I hear. And what's really powerful about it all is that I go back and I'll read through all the things that I've heard from the Holy Spirit over a year. And Mm -hmm. the funny part to me is it's almost the same thing every time, you know, it's structured differently. It's maybe said a little differently, but it's pretty much the same thing all the time there's a lot of consistency in what you are hearing from the holy spirit and when you say hearing what it's a little weird for people well what i think of is what comes to mind you know what emerges in that space in your mind that you are 
focusing attention on and and you are listening yeah well and i think one of the things that's been really of late helpful for me in some of the things that you and i have been studying and researching and i think it's the big realization is that i have always thought like the holy spirit the third person of the trinity and hearing god is all this very mystical thing and how do you know that and your brain how do you just you know differentiate between your brain and the spirit of god and yourself mm-hmm. well the reality is uh, and you know kurt thompson says it's that god created us with brains mm-hmm. and he has no problem that we have a brain yeah. and the way that the spirit of god communicates is through our brain mm-hmm. and where we're going to hear the holy spirit is generated by our brain and so you don't have to worry about your brain you don't have to feel like somehow it's going to be disconnected from God. He created it. He loves it. He's engaged with it. He'll get through to you through it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to trust that process. And I think that was really big for me is that like, yeah, he's he's into this. He created the brain. It's not like an obstacle to him. It's actually part of the process. Yeah. And that was really helpful to me in, you know, understanding, like, okay, you can hear the spirit of God and you're going to hear it through neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're gonna you're gonna hear it through all of the different parts of the electrical charges of your brain. Yeah. So that's. So I have a couple of questions regarding this. What do you think are the benefits of it? Why would you do this? Well, benefit number one that I already talked about is the fact that you can read back over it mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, this is what God said to me." That's a powerful thing. Whereas, you know, when I read over my journals, I'm like, eh. But mm-hmm. this is, mm-hmm. there's a section titled Holy Spirit mm-hmm. <laughs> in my in each section of my journaling in these kinds. And I'm like, well, this is what at least I understood at this moment for God to be saying to me. Yeah. So I can go back to that and say, oh, God said this. So it's in a lot of ways, it serves as what I talk about when I preach a lot is it serves as a as an Ebenezer or an altar of remembrance mm-hmm. to go back and say, this is what God said. And then I can kind of reconnect to that. Mm-hmm. So that's. So it's reorienting. It's very reorienting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second thing is, and these are things you and I have been learning, is just the process of writing does integrate you. It, it brings, like handwriting, well, not typing, but actually writing with your hand on a piece of paper brings both sides of your brain together. It creates a, a piece within your body and mind. That, mm-hmm. um, and then and it, it's pretty cool if you're doing it in a Trinitarian form because you're inviting the God of the universe to be part of your integration. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty cool experience, I think. Yeah. So those two things are a big deal. And then just the practice of journaling. I actually think it's good when you're addressing God versus just recording your day or mm-hmm. saying what you're doing or just bemoaning life. Right. It turns into a conversation mm-hmm. with somebody else and yes. not just with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So. With somebody who really loves you and yeah. is very powerful and... Yeah about something good right about all of the best goods yes (laughs) Yes. um so the prayer process that you described at the beginning of this podcast uh is something that often happens in community yes so there's kind of an autocorrect that yes is in that process where if you do hear something really off the people around you can say uh, that doesn't sound like the voice of the Holy Spirit, or that doesn't line up with Scripture. You know, you have some, right. which isn't the point of the conversation after right. that prayer time. It's more that 
as people are hearing the same thing, you get a sense for what the real focus is of yes. that prayer time, which uh, kind of su- clarifies itself by the group's interaction and the group all listening. Um, but you don't have that when you're journaling by yourself. So right. do you have any recommendations for um, kind of catching that if you're hearing something that's really not the voice of the Holy Spirit or it, it doesn't line up with Scripture? What do you do with that? How do you find it? Right. Well, th- there's a couple things that I maybe use as boundaries. And this is just because I've been work- walking with God for a long time. Even though I, I have a tr- I have trouble, you know, m- memorizing word for word scripture, I do have a lot of scripture memorized. Mm-hmm. And so it creates a good grid for me. So I think you have to be committed to being in the word to mm-hmm. do this kind of journaling, meaning you need to be reading scripture and have a general sense of what is good and right. The second thing is, is I think if your journaling is built around, you need to go tell this person that X, Y, and Z, or you need to tell people this, or t- then it's probably not going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Because usually what you're going to hear from the Holy Spirit are direct answers to the questions you've been asking mm-hmm. and words of um, affirmation and direction and forgiveness to the sin you've confessed. Mm-hmm. And instead of you should go do this with your daughter, you will hear, you know, this is who your daughter is. This is who, this is how I see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think if you're getting lots of commands about new revelation or you're getting, you know, you're hearing your brain talk a lot about this person, then you, then that's probably not from the Holy Spirit. If they're like this, if you hear accusation mm-hmm. or that you need to go, no, no, it's not to say that you might not, you might hear, Hey, you need to go tell your husband that what he said last week was hurtful that the spirit is saying that's a good thing you need to go do that there but i think if there are things where you're like you need to check them if they're like prophetic things mm-hmm. if they're like things where like this is going to happen in the future or this person needs to do this or this will happen you should probably go check it with some other people before submit you. it to the yeah. community around yeah you. you you need to submit those things of believers I don't. You don't have to submit if you hear "I love you" because that's a truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus says it over and over again, and He said it on the cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so you don't need to. But if you hear, "I need to go tell Eric this," then maybe you should check with a few people before you go tell Eric this or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there is. You have to be willing to submit that those things if they are things you kind of shake your head at, like. I heard during a Trinitarian prayer time that the village should go to two services. Mm-hmm. I didn't then go tell the village that they should go to two, we should go to two services. I went to Rod and said, "Hey, I heard this. Does this sound crazy?" And Rod said, "No, it doesn't sound crazy. Let's check with the elders." And the elders said, "No, that doesn't sound crazy." So we said, "Well, let's pray with the leaders." And the leaders said, "No, that doesn't sound crazy." So then we said, "Let's check with the whole church." And the whole church prayed and said, "Well, no, that doesn't sound crazy." Mm-hmm. So it was. If you have something big like that, you need a whole, you need everyone. The spirit of God needs to speak to everybody. Yeah. And affirm it. Okay. So, yeah, that would be my mm-hmm. argument for that one. 
So you're in your experience of Trinitarian prayer-based journaling. Mm-hmm. What are the themes that come tend to come up for you? You touched on this briefly. Well, one of the big themes is I, I like I think I hear over and over again: "Be strong and courageous." I'm with you. Don't be afraid. I also hear, I told you that already. (laughs) (laughs) I've been telling you this. You need to listen. That's very parental. Well, he is. That's that's the the kind of thing that I say to my kids. Right. Yes, very much so. (laughs) You should know this by now. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think there's, there's that a lot, but. There's just continued affirmation that God hasn't abandoned me, that he loves me. A lot of times I hear the theme of you need to let go. You need mm-hmm. to let go of these people or you need to not be in control. Like you don't, it's not, you're not me. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot from God is that you're not God. I am. Mm-hmm. And you need to remember that. And not in like, uh, you need to remember that and obey. You need to remember that and you don't need to worry about it. Like stop worrying. Mm-hmm. You know, like if things go bad, it's not necessarily your fault. It isn't. And I'm sovereign mm-hmm. over things and people have volition and choice. So that's a big one. And and just it personally, there's a lot of be, I'm with you. And they're affirmations of things that God has told me since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't stopped telling me these things. The passages that meant a lot to me when I was little, he brings back up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the advantage I have of walking with God since I was three years old. Yeah. Is that I know him really well. Mm-hmm. But this is part of the process of getting to know him really well. Yes. So. And it sounds like what you experience in that space as you interact with God is a real sense of comfort and um, and assurance, encouragement. Yes. Even at a deep level. Well, and I, I think one of the things that I've been learning that kind of fits into this is that Jesus, a lot of times we say, oh, I don't feel close to Jesus. Well, that's because just because Jesus is with you, he's not in, maybe in an appointment with you. Mm-hmm. Right? The Spirit of God is working things out with you and he will be with you wherever you go. But I'm with Elliot a lot of times. I'm with you a lot of times and, and my presence is felt, mm-hmm. but I'm not having an appointment with you and we're not on a date or we're not focused Fully. on something together. And I actually think God is the same way. Mm-hmm. It's not that he, he will show up to any appointment that you arrange mm-hmm. and he arranges a lot himself. Yeah. But that's kind of how I see Trinitarian prayer is this is an appointment in which I sit down with God and I walk away from him thinking he was with me. Like mm-hmm. we had, he sat down and we talked. He was fully engaged. And he was fully engaged. Mm-hmm. And you see that in, in Genesis. God came and walked with them in the, you know, in the evening. He wasn't there though. Like, he was there, but he wasn't there focusing on them. I kind of feel like it's my walking in the garden with Jesus. Mm. Only we don't get the garden, so it's my walking in chaos with Jesus. But, <laughs> yeah. It's a garden moment. Yes, it's a garden moment. So... um is there anything else that you would like to say about this process? Other than I would hope that someday everybody at the village did it on a regular basis. No. 
<laughs> and all over the world. I think it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. So that's it. All right. Well, thank you for sharing with us. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you for interviewing me. You're welcome. <laughs> Have a great day. Yeah. You've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Eric Seepin. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.